0: Welcome to the MomWorthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. Grab your coffee. Or your wine. And come hang out with us as we talk to the Vagina Whisperer.
1: Hey, Sarah. Hey.
0: Can you go ahead and introduce yourself to our followers and let them know exactly how you gained the title of the Vagina Whisperer?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hello, I am Sarah Reardon. I am a pelvic health physical therapist in New Orleans and also have an online presence as The Vagina Whisperer. Mm -hmm. Um, I received that title from some college friends years ago. I'm 36, so many, many years ago, almost decades (laughs) ago, um, because we would get together on the 4th of July every year. And um, once I got into this field, I would start Telling them what I did, and they'd start asking me questions, but more so, all of their moms started asking me questions oh. about like urinary leakage and pressure in your pelvis. And so, um, they just coined me the vagina whisperer. So, I just kind of held on to that nickname. And then, when I started this Instagram account a few years ago, it was really for my group of friends who were all having babies and um, asking lots of questions again. So, um, it just kind of started really organically. How
0: fun. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been
1: great.
0: So what do people come to you for
1: then? So, oh, pretty much anything to do um, with the parts of your body from your ribs to your knees. So um, I um, specifically with pelvic health, we work with men and women. I work with men and women who have urinary issues like urinary leakage or overactive bladder or feeling like they're not emptying all the way. um, Pooping problems like constipation or, you know can't make it to the bathroom in time to poop, um, and then pelvic pain, tailbone pain, a really common one is painful sex, and yes. then specifically along the lines of um, motherhood are, you know, discomfort during pregnancy, preparation for childbirth, and then postpartum recovery, like diastasis recti, which is an abdominal separation, or um, again, painful sex, urinary leakage with exercise, things like that.
0: Okay. So that's actually one of the main questions we got was, what can people do while they're pregnant to help strengthen their pelvic floor?
1: Right, which is so great to think about how you can be proactive during pregnancy um, to keep your pelvic floor healthy. So the so the number one thing is pelvic floor exercises, which we all know as Kegels, but there is um, kind of an abdominal component that as PTs we coach women on how to do, it's called your transverse abdominal muscles. And so the way I teach women how to do Kegels is I tell them to like take a breath in and on the exhale, think about sipping up a smoothie with their vagina. So it's really awkward, like the analogy, but it works for some reason. It just kind of gives you that sensation about how to lift up your pelvic floor and then your low abs gently turn on with that. Um, So, you know, you want to, yeah. Sam and <laughs> I
0: definitely just did that. Are said. practicing <laughs> it now. It I figured. Very
1: I hard. I do it too. It is hard. And so to kind of just start connecting with that part of your body, um, the other thing I tell women is that it's not just, you know, Kegel, like contract, relax. It's There's longer Kegels where you want to hold for five or ten seconds to work those endurance muscle fibers. And there's quick Kegels where you kind of squeeze and relax. And we call those like our sprint Kegels, more um, quick ones. Um, and then practicing them in different positions, sitting, standing. And then even with movement when they're – before they cough or sneeze or um, – you know, picking something heavy off the floor when they're lifting weights. So starting to bring it into their their day-to-day movement and not just kind of kegeling when they're sitting at a stoplight.
2: How does that help them when they're giving birth?
1: That- so it's a little, so what I actually do is I work a lot with women during first and second trimester about like to stay strong, to keep, you've got a lot of ligaments that kind of get soft and your pelvis can get a, a bit, little bit loosey-goosey. And so women can develop pain, Um, either in their pubic bone or their low back or hips. And so those low ab and pelvic floor exercises kind of keep everything stable. And then in the last trimester, um, I work a lot more in like relaxing the pelvic floor, actually doing a lot of yoga poses and stretches, um, sometimes teaching women how to do perineal massage, which is kind of softening of the vaginal opening to prepare for birth. Um, So we do a lot more actually like relaxation in the last trimester. But research shows that just having, you know, a strong pelvic floor, doing pelvic floor exercises actually has better birth outcomes. So, um, mm-hmm. and and I think on the other side, postpartum, it also helps. In, there's so much lengthening and weakening to the muscles over time that just like, you know, if you were going to go have, you know, knee surgery, you'd want to do some exercises before to get as strong as possible. So your recovery goes really well. Okay. That makes sense.
2: Is there, you know, speaking about recovery, that's another topic that we have a lot of questions about. How, what can you do to help yourself recover a little bit better after giving birth?
1: It's so great. You know, it's such um, an unfortunate situation that in America, we get so little postpartum education. I mean, I am in this field and I was like, wait, I just get like a skirt bottle and a pack of diapers. Yeah. And then, like, then I, they send me home like there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And so like, I didn't know that you were going to bleed after I didn't know that yeah. constipation could be an issue Um, that you could like get up and then like, have no bladder control, you know, I mean, yeah. there's just, and I was, I'm in this field. And I was like, Whoa, I thought I was prepared. But um, I, you know, there's still so much more I didn't know. Um, So one of the biggest things is I always tell, um, you know, pregnant women, I'm like, read the books, like get informed. And, um, you know, the other thing is like, I, of course I'm like work with a pelvic floor therapist, but in the early stages, like the first two weeks after giving birth, I'm like, do nothing. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't try to like get your first workout in. Don't have a ton of visitors. Don't try to get out every day to go to the grocery store. Like you really need to allow your body to recuperate and get down your feeding schedule um, work on breastfeeding or pumping or formula feeding or, you know, really connecting with your baby and just chill.
2: Yeah.
1: I, th- I think in our culture, we just want to like get back to our normal lives so quickly, but that's not going to happen yeah. <laughs> in those, in those two weeks or the next 20 years. So, um, and then after about two weeks, I encourage moms to start walking, just take some gentle walks, um, you know, out in the neighborhood, you know, if they have more pain or bleeding to kind of scale back, but I do want them to get moving. And then around four to six weeks, I usually see them in my clinics. And that's when we start really basic abdominal really thinking about building that foundation back before they go on to more um, intense exercises like bar classes or even yoga or orange theory or Pilates. Like, you know, you've had so much, change to your pelvic floor and abdominal wall that you really need to it doesn't just spring back you really need to reset that so relax and take it slow take it slow and then you know the other things like with pooping you know um be proactive about taking a stool softener or a magnesium supplement um you know with so things like that you know don't return to sex too early and um you know just different tips on how to manage the day-to-day stuff that like nobody tells us how to do yeah we had a
0: lot (laughs) of sex questions oh yeah
1: (laughs) i know i know and isn't that crazy because you know we have one postpartum visit at six weeks and the doctor's like you're good to go get back to getting busy and then Mm -hmm. you do and then you're like whoa like is this normal um is it supposed to hurt how long is it gonna hurt yeah so the answer to that is it's not supposed to hurt at all um, it's not. And so I think that six weeks is actually generous to allow people to go back to having sex. I would even say wait eight to 12 weeks, which I know sounds crazy to some people. To me, I was like, Oh, don't even touch me down there for three months. Like, yeah. I mean, like we're <laughs> I married... <did> <laughs> right. I mean, I was like, I mean, shops closed, you know? So, yeah. um, But I really felt that at that time, like a a later time between eight to 12 weeks, like I just felt better. I mean, Mm -hmm. the initial recovery phase was ending. Things weren't as swollen or sensitive. Um, So, you know, one of the biggest things is I say, like, take your time. You don't have to rush back. And if it's painful, stop Mm
0: -hmm. um, because
1: pain is not normal. Um, Another really common issue is vaginal dryness. So, if you are um, breastfeeding or pumping, and producing breast milk, your estrogen levels stay really low, which is why your menstrual cycle doesn't come back for many months. And um, you have um, kind of more dryness in your vaginal area because estrogen is what keeps that area very well lubricated. So you have vaginal dryness. So I'm like, use a water-soluble lubricant or a natural oil, like coconut oil, um, and during intercourse. And then just day-to-day, I actually recommend using vitamin E oil and just pricking open a little capsule or they have vitamin E suppositories that you can use on a daily basis, but that tissue just needs moisture. So it's like going to like want to suck that up. Um, And then some physicians do prescribe like a vaginal estrogen cream. So like tackling the dryness is step one. And then step two is if it's painful, if you have scar tissue in the area from a tear or sensitivity, I'm like you—you definitely want to work with a PT so they can relax your muscles, maybe do some scar massage, and teach you how to kind of, um, kind of reset those muscles for home, so that when you have sex, you don't kind of tense up in fear and things like that.
2: That was gonna be one of my questions because I didn't tear bad; I only had three or four stitches, but they didn't heal properly. And- mm-hmm. I'm eight months postpartum and I can still feel my scar tissue and it kind of hurts at first. It takes a little bit for me to relax.
1: Yeah. And think about it, like, if you're going to touch a hot burner, you're going to kind of like freeze up a little bit yeah. beforehand. Um, so any type of scar tissue, whether it's a um, scar from an abdominal incision for a cesarean birth or an episiotomy or perineal tear, I always recommend doing scar massage. So, um, we coach women on how to do this in our online sessions or in the clinic but it's really as simply as, you know, taking, a again, a water-soluble lubricant or natural oil and kind of starting to soften that tissue. It's the same way we read about perineal massage prior to birth. It's very similar to that post-birth. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tissue doesn't get kind of so tight and um, restricted. And then really, and there's other things that we can do in therapy, like using vaginal dilators or, you know, stuff. But I think for home really starting to kind of work on softening that tissue on your own, just like you did prior or they recommend prior to birth is the first step.
2: Okay. And how long does that
1: typically take to show progress? You know, it's so variable. I think it depends Mm -hmm. on the severity of the tear. Um, But you know, I think if you do it on a regular basis, you know, anywhere, if you're doing this almost daily in the shower or lying in your bed, um, it could take a few weeks to kind of start to see the initial phases of softening. And then maybe a few months after that, um, You know, but if your deeper muscles are tight, that's a factor. If your external tissues are tight. So, but just at the scar, it could take, um, it won't take, you know, a year to soften. It could be within weeks to months.
0: Good to know. Yeah. Um, What about, like, so we had a lot of questions, too, like, about basically the cosmetic look down
1: there. (laughs)
0: You know, what's not, what's not and some people th- think it looks different after yeah they asked if that's normal
1: yeah it looks totally different after <laughs> so, oh, I mean, I know. so yeah. um and especially like immediately after I mean you know I'm like all about like getting in touch with your body and like take a mirror and look at your veg and you know know if you're doing a kegel properly You know if you're bearing down or pushing properly but it's a little scary when you go um, check it out the first few weeks postpartum. I was too um, scared.
2: I didn't look at mine. Yeah. That's
1: not a bad decision at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have no idea what it looked like, and I'm okay with that.
1: Um, so it does look different. So what will happen um, is more commonly two things. Um, the vaginal opening, which is what we call the introitus, will be more open. I mean, it almost looks like some we call it like gaping, or just like you can kind of feel like you can see inside a little bit easier. Hmm. um, that can improve with time, but initially it just feels more open. And then the second thing is that if you had a perineal tear or an episiotomy, um, there's an area between the vaginal opening and the anal opening called the perineum, and that looks shorter. So it looks like you have this like longer, more, and then like a shorter little area in between. Um, and so that, that can be the case. So, Um, It absolutely can get better, but it doesn't necessarily return to its like pre-pregnancy state, Um, but it can get better. I mean, I've worked with women who were, they were like, this doesn't look right. And then it's really open and gaping. And we do a lot of exercises and work and it, it can kind of start to close back up and they feel, you know, cosmetically and um, just aesthetically, they feel more comfortable with that.
2: And I just feel like it takes time because I don't think I did anything to work on that specifically, but I know that mine felt more open and now I can feel it even better after eight
1: months. Yeah. And you are, I mean, you're kind of regaining some muscle strength naturally. Um, The other thing is with breastfeeding, we don't think about the effect that that also has is that everything kind of stays a little bit more relaxed. Like, so even your tissues vaginally are a little more relaxed when you're breastfeeding. And I find that when you're completely done breastfeeding or um, pumping or nursing, things kind of like, just like suck back up a little and get a little bit firmer um, everywhere. So, but definitely you're, vulva and vaginal area as well
2: oh that's interesting
1: mm-hmm, definitely that
2: it affects you so greatly
1: I know we don't think about it. I mean those honestly our hormones are like totally bananas after having kids but again it's another thing that like nobody tells us about um <laughs> I remember being home just a few days after I gave birth with my first son and I was having like cold sweats and like shivering and sweating And I was like I feel like I'm going through menopause I mean <laughs> but it's like your hormones are just like plummeting and your body's doing crazy stuff so but nobody told me that like I'd be like drenching my sheets for a day you know um yeah. but yeah our hormones are doing all kinds of wacky stuff in, in within the first um first try the fourth trimester um after birth but then even just within the first year what about um smells what's <laughs> normal and what's <sighs> I, you know, that's a tough one um, because everybody's kind of pH balanced down. There's a little different, but it alarming smells are like fishy, um, you know, like it shouldn't be really odorous. Like it should smell like, okay, Like, v- like <laughs> it's hard to be like, yep, yeah, it should smell like a vagina, yeah. but it shouldn't smell like fishy or like, or bad. It shouldn't okay. be a negative smell, but if you smell it, you kind of like, oh, like it makes you wince. It shouldn't be like that. Um, it because of these vaginal changes with hormones and um, you know breastfeeding or pumping and your your balance is different down there and I do find clinically that women have more infections like either mm-hmm. urinary tract infections, bacterial infections, or yeast infections. So it is something I'm always like, just go get it checked. Check with your doctor, run a couple labs, and make sure everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be odorous at all. I mean, there okay. may be. An- It shouldn't be, like, smelly. There can be an odor to it, Mm -hmm. you know. But I also tell women, like, you just should rinse the area with water. If it, like, glitters, sparkles, tingles, smells, like, don't put it down there. (laughs) Yeah. I think people sometimes just use, like, their body wash and stuff to wash down there, which can make it worse for sure. Yeah. So just things to think about that, again, like, we don't always know. And for most people, it's fine. But if you are more prone to infections, I kind of give them a little more, like, um, hygiene and skincare tips
2: what is the most common thing that mothers come to
0: you
1: for i would say the most that's such a great question i would say pain with sex oh my gosh there's three i'm gonna give you three okay Okay. (laughs) (laughs) pain with sex um leaking either like with a cough or a sneeze like leaking urine um, or when they go back to exercise um because those muscles just can't support like the weight of the bladder with impact like jump or something like that. So, um, and then actually a really common one is abdominal separation. Mm -hmm. So that diastasis recti where it's almost like women feel like they still look pregnant because their abs are so stretched out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a really big one that we see because I don't even know if doctors or midwives to like do a test to check for it, but then it kind of gets deflating when you're home and like, you still look pregnant and it's three months postpartum and six months postpartum. Um, so we do a lot of work with women who have that abdominal separation to teach them how to kind of like re-engage those abs properly. Um, and then, you know, make sure they're not doing exercises that are going to make it worse. Cause there's a lot of stuff out there. Like don't do planks, through, don't do pushups when, you know, it's totally variable per person. Some women do totally fine with those things and others it's not appropriate so it's really individualized so um I like that we get to see them one-on-one and really give them things that they can do because so many women feel like they can't do anything if they have that problem
2: yeah I mean I don't think I have it personally but I'm scared to do certain exercises because I heard that if you do planks and stuff you can make it worse and I'm like I don't think I have it but I'm still scared to do planks just in case
1: yeah. And and honestly, like if you, it's all about like engaging your pelvic floor and those lower abdominal muscles properly when you do planks or when you do push-ups. So the position's fine. It's just more like, can you handle, can your, your abdominals handle that load? So, and that's, you know, there are ways that you can check it. Um, I show people, I have kind of a couple of videos on my Instagram highlights about how to check it. Okay. And so I really teach people how to check it and then check it during different exercises. And as long as it's not gapping or you know you can sink your fingers in too much or kind of doming or it looks like there's like a football come out of your belly um as long as those things aren't happening the exercises are likely fine okay Mm -hmm. no well yeah yeah Yeah, do it and I think it's you know it's so hard because again I mean it would be my dream that everybody sees a postpartum physical therapist after Mm -hmm. birth because we're just like, we don't know what to do. And sometimes it feels a little paralyzing, you know. Yes, for sure.
0: I think it's important um, that people know about that. I I didn't even know that you existed. You Me neither. I mean? So I think it's good that we have you on here so that people can even
1: know that that's an option. I know. I think that that's what's been so great about this Instagram account that I really, it was never meant yeah. to like i would never intended to be like this advocate or this, you know, on this mission, but then it's really transformed into that because nobody knows about it. And that's changing because with social media, you can reach so many women. So, and then, you know, they tell friends and it's just really um, been so great to let women know this is an option during pregnancy, after birth. And even if they have never had kids, but they have some of these pelvic floor issues or during menopause, like- We see women all across the lifespan. So it's great that we are able to reach more people and like be like, hey, you don't have to just deal with this stuff. It's not just like a normal part of motherhood. You can actually get help for it.
0: Um, So can you tell our followers exactly where they can follow you and find you online?
1: Yes, um, I would love that. So I am on Instagram as the period vagina period whisperer. Um, we have such an amazing group of followers. I call them the V-hive, but um, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's great. And um, it's just awesome. Like, I think that it's, I try to put a lot of information out there, a lot of support, but also I think just women supporting women, because we're all like, we're all in this together and it's sometimes like totally bananas and you feel like you're the only one, but you're not. Um, and then I have a website, thevagwhisper.com where you can find more info. We've got uh, some blogs that we're putting up there about, how to prepare for birth and postpartum recovery, and then also um, information we do online sessions with women all over the country so that you know if you don't live in New Orleans you can still reach reach myself or another physical therapist so we make it try to you know be very accessible I mean I remember going to my first doctor appointment with my newborn son. And I'm like, to get out of the house is an act of God. (laughs) So I'm like, I would have loved to be able to talk to someone from home and been like, hey, please help me. This is my problem. (laughs) So uh, we really try to, you know, make it easy and convenient for people. Awesome. Well, thank you so much
0: for joining us today. We love talking to you.
1: Thank you all both. We're so, I'm so happy to be a guest. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Have a good rest of your day.
1: You too. Bye y'all.
0: Bye.
2: Well that was awesome. I loved hearing from her. Oh, me too. And there was questions that I had
0: about my, my scar, so it was yeah, like or free out. consult. <laughs> yeah. It worked out perfectly. I do think that it's important to make it known that these type of people exist you know what I mean you don't think about those types of things like I know too like she said a lot of people don't know they bleed afterward I remember after I had cash I didn't know that either you bleed for that long I think I told you guys yeah the worst part is postpartum recovery and because you bleed yeah because I I didn't really even think about it you always said that you're like I don't
2: mind being pregnant I don't mind giving birth I hate the postpartum postpartum
0: postpartum vagina it's like heavy it's bleeding Mm. I hated that yeah that was my least favorite part, for sure. But it's it's good to just be reassured, things like, this is normal, this isn't normal. Because a lot of times people don't know what's normal and what's not. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, like, sex should not hurt. Yeah, that was interesting to hear. At
2: all, you know. So if it does, you can change it, it Yeah, like. Just go to a physical therapist.
0: I'm wondering, too, with that, like, I'm sure there's, like, pain, like, it for physical reasons it hurts but also like if you're not in the mood it's not gonna feel that great you know what i mean that's always the case you know what i mean so i wonder if jenna's like yeah get out it's like (laughs) no you don't want sex get out of here dude I wonder if that's the case for some of the people because we had a lot of questions about that. Yeah. I'm wondering if some of it is truly pain from birth or, like, I don't want to have sex and it hurts. Because I dry. think with women, it's an emotional thing. You definitely
2: for have sure. to be in the mood to have sex because you have to relax. Yes. Or, or else you're going to be tight and uncomfortable. And it's a good excuse but it hurts. I and had a, a baby. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, hon. I'm
0: not ready. And I like that she said 8 to 12 weeks. Oh, I 100% agree. Husband's in the room with you. He hears the doctor say, you're you're good to go and they say oh look doctor said mm-hmm. doctor's orders no <laughs> no you can wait i was not ready six weeks but no. i remember
2: i went to my six week one and that's when i found out my scar wasn't here- healing well and yes. she recommended i wait, wait and yeah. i was like see <laughs> yes <laughs> the
0: doctor's yes. orders <laughs> yeah. my
2: husband was so nice about yeah, it yeah he
0: wasn't he didn't pressure me at all which was good yeah i i think that does make a big difference that extra few weeks can Be a whole world of a difference. Oh, yeah. Six weeks is nothing. You just pushed out a human down there. And it still feels weird down
2: there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to touch myself. Why would I want somebody else touching me? Exactly. I feel like if you can't masturbate, Mm -hmm. you can't have sex. Yes. So wait till you can comfortably masturbate. It feels good. Yep, for sure.
0: Wow, vagina stuff. Vaginas are oh so weird, God. man.
2: I'm going to start doing that massage down there. Yeah. I'll report back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then
2: Sammy here.
0: Let us Go know. a massage. If you guys tried that Kegel thing she said where he's sucking up uh, smoothies. I, was I know. <laughs> I, I think I have to practice because I don't think I did it properly. Okay, what was she saying? She's
2: saying breathe. You yeah. have to breathe in. And then when you breathe out, feel like you're sucking
0: a smoothie down there. So while you're breathing out.
1: You while you're it. breathing
0: See, out. See, I feel like it would be opposite. <sighs>
2: It's really uncomfortable. It's really okay, so it's
0: you're breathing out while sucking in. It's hard. I'm glad we haven't recorded, I'll have to listen to it yeah. all the time.
2: Are we are we remembering it? We're no, right? breathing out while sucking in. <laughs> we're trying it right now and it's not easy. No. But
0: I think it takes practice. What a job though, you know, she just deals with all of that area. Pooping are- too. We didn't ask poop questions. because she, well, she, she mentioned poop. it. Yeah, she said she meant she just deals with it, but we didn't really ask many poop questions.
2: Do you remember when we were I think sixteen? and I know what you're gonna say yeah. <laughs> and we were at a party and I was sitting there and I was kegling. and you're like what are you doing Sam and I was like I'm kegling." and you're like what's a Kegel this- and I taught everybody there what a Kegel was and we all sat around in a circle and we keegled together we may have been under the influence <laughs> I was I was skipping that part. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sorry. But it makes more sense because otherwise it sounds a little extra weird. But what kind of party were you at? We were all kegling together. Yeah, and I feel like I, I might have been like a junior vagina whisperer. That yeah, moment. you pr- you were. I taught everybody, and there. I had I had known what it was, but I know what it was called. Oh. I, I had I did know because when you said I'm like, what is that? And you said I'm like, oh okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't know how to name. I for mean, it. I it. mean, it's been a baker's dozen of <laughs> kegling for me. You're yeah, <laughs> a master, Kegel Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> master the kegels that should be my my hashtag yeah my, my instagram there you go kegel master yeah mm-hmm. i like that oh speaking of we are gonna have kale and kegels here soon oh yeah yeah that book um the author of kale and kegels is yep. going to be in the studio soon we're gonna talk to her mm-hmm. so i'm sure she has some things to say about kegels yeah i mean it's if
2: you're a woman not even a mom yeah. it's a woman I, one so she you so know guys can kegel though too right look with their butthole no, with their penis. Really? Yeah, Jake and I... I with
0: their penis tip? Like, the whole... Like, they have the same muscles that can Kegel, and it... Oh, is, I guess, I guess, because that was the thing. How she explained it was weird. I always explained it, like, when you're holding your pee. Like, you're peeing, you hold yeah. your pee. Like, the same kind of muscles. Yeah. So, I guess that makes Guys sense. Guys can do it okay. too, and it's
2: supposed to, like... Make their control down there better. Interesting. Yeah, I had, I had Jake try it out. I was like, try it out. Tell me what
0: it's like. <laughs>
2: You're sitting there watching. Yeah. I was. What's it feel like? We sat together and we kegled. Oh,
0: is it called a kegel for a guy? You yeah. think? Okay. I think so. I mean, I don't know for sure. Don't quote me, but. Oh. They can do it. A cogel and a kegel. I heard there's butthole kegels too. That makes sense. Where
2: it's like a deeper muscle that's supposed to help your bladder control as well. Interesting. So I think you need to research kegels. There's a lot of moms out there that talked about. Peeing when they sneeze, mm-hmm. peeing when they do jumping jacks, you know, and that's, I think, something that everybody struggles with, yeah. but
0: I really do feel like Kegels help a ton. It makes sense. Like, so I don't personally feel like I, I pee. I The only time I did pee when I sneeze and, like, laugh was when I was this third time during pregnancy. Oh. During pregnancy. That, oh. that whole pregnancy number, I told you, there's a yeah. lot of pressure down there, Yeah. but now I'm good. Yeah. And, a- like, afterward, I was always good, but during that pregnancy was the only time I'd ever, like, sneeze and...
2: Yeah, Pee a little bit. I've done it a couple of times, but I feel like because I've always been a religious Kegeler,
0: yeah, that muscle down there is it's, just like
2: flex. It's a beat. <laughs>
0: Weird flex. It is my but okay. best muscle. The only muscle I work out
2: every day. Yeah. <laughs> no other muscle can say that on my body.
0: <laughs> oh, so. so. I feel like I've personally, as a former waxer, I've seen a lot of vaginas. And yeah. people were asking about looks. That was one question I always got when people would come in for, like, a vagina... For, you know, Brazilian. They'd say, um, oh, like, I'm I'm nervous because I feel like mine looks weird. Or they'd oh. ask me during, does mine look normal? Yeah. And honestly, I'd always say, all vaginas look normal. Because they all look, I, I, I liked being able to see all the different yeah. vaginas. Because even for me, I was like, I always wondered, does mine look normal? Yeah. So when you see... Like 10 vaginas a day, you're like, wow, there really is, they're like a snowflake. They're all different, but they're all normal. (laughs) I remember when we were chatting
2: one time when you were waxing and you said there's like, different looks to vagina oh yeah there's all different I times. never knew that I was so like so many done. different times but why did I think that you know penises are all different yep. vaginas
0: are all different yeah y'all
2: got your little yep. unique
0: quirks it's like a thumbprint yeah <laughs> it's seriously it's crazy They're so they're all so different from each other so I think the people if you're wondering like is my vagina normal is yeah I'm too big small whatever it's normal don't worry about it yeah Um, well we hope you all learned something today about vaginas because I know I did I learned a few things I did as well and uh, if you want to go find her make sure you follow her on Instagram her Instagram page is pretty cool too there is a lot of cool stuff on there no absolutely Uh, in her highlights like she was Mm -hmm. saying go watch those and if you have any more questions reach out to her schedule a consultation or ask us and maybe we can relay the message for you yeah don't forget too to join our Facebook group we also ask questions like vagina related questions in there any type of question Everybody's so helpful in there, too. It's the best group. We always say how it's the best group, but it truly is. It's so positive and helpful. Yes. So make sure to join. It's on Facebook. Just search Mom Worthy Mamas, M-A-M-A-S, and come join us and ask any questions, post funny memes, whatever you want to do, and it's a supportive, fun group. We hope that you join us in there.
2: And just a little, you know, (laughs) ask of our followers. If you could, if you have Apple Podcasts, yes. please give us a review. It literally helps us grow. It helps our algorithm
0: for yes. people finding us. Um, Makes us look a little bit more legit. Legit,
2: yeah. We have a lot of listeners and not a lot of reviews yeah, yet. Please. And we always hear such positive feedback.
0: And yeah, it takes one second. One second. We and really, it, we truly appreciate it. When absolutely. Do so, thank you guys for listening, and make sure to tune again, tune in again next week. Bye bye.